Hello and welcome to another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. I'm your host Mark Harris and today we're chatting to illustrator and designer Kyle Van Cleve from Wild Giant Studio. I've been following Kyle's work for some time now and finally managed to get to chat to him after bugging him quite a bit to be on the podcast. I'm a huge fan of his illustration work, particularly his dinosaur illustration collection. I really hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. There's loads of great advice. Without further ado, this is my chat with Kyle Van Cleve. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. So let's talk a bit about yourself and where you grew up. Uh, so I'm from the Dalles, Oregon, which uh, for anybody that's familiar with the state of Oregon is not Portland. Um, I'm about uh, 90 minutes to the east of Portland. I'm in, uh, it's kind of deserty country. It's right in the middle of the Columbia River Gorge. So it's uh, it's about as Pacific Northwest as you get without without uh, too many trees. <laughs> it's a lot of tumbleweed and stuff, but it's uh, 20 minutes from Mount Hood. We're an hour from Mount Bachelor. So it's pretty sweet. It's a pretty sweet place to live. I grew up here. I uh, was, uh, wasn't born here, but uh, I've lived here. I'm 28 and I've lived here for 27 and a half years. So nice. it's my hometown. So how, how did you find design? So my earliest memories of anything art related was, uh, okay, so it's a lot, let me backtrack. So the first movie I ever saw in theaters, and if anybody follows me on social media will know this, uh, my first movie I saw in theaters at three and a half years old was Jurassic Park. So I spent the next probably 10 plus years drawing dinosaurs. So I've got an affinity for dinosaurs. Um, I loved comic books as a kid. I loved Power Rangers. I loved anything that had to do with, um, you know, big imagination stuff. And I spent my time doodling and drawing. Um, wanted to actually be a comic book artist as a little kid. And I just remember people telling me, there's no way you can make a career in that. And then, um, I got into sports and that kind of fueled a passion for type design and mascot design. And, and so that's kind of where all the seeds started was, you know, drawing from a young age. So is there any other creative influences apart from Jurassic Park? <laughs> like particular artists? I don't know. Yeah. Like stuff you like, maybe like packaging you fondly remember from a kid or. Oh man. You know, I was always, a sucker for 90s sports logos so uh like the charlotte hornets the toronto raptors really a lot of stuff that came out in the mid 90s like the teal and purple color schemes uh the memphis grizzlies was one i remember having a a set of nba markers um and they had the logos on them of each team color or the team that corresponded with the color and i just remember thinking the grizzly logo was like the coolest thing i'd ever seen that the toronto raptors one so um not anything, any, anybody in particular, but those kind of instances um, where it was like, you know, this is pretty cool. These are, these are teams that are wearing these and these look like cartoons. So um, that was really a big influence on me. Yeah. I think that's, that's probably similar to me. Like when I was growing up with sports, it's sort of, you, you sort of, yeah, you, you like, like logos and you get into that, that design of, of how, it's, how it's built and start redrawing them. And it's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, who is it they told you that you're never going to make a, a career out of it? Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting thing because, um, you know, you just have people in your life like teachers and stuff who are, or they want to direct you in these um, areas where, and I don't know if it's because people are jaded or what, but they get you into this, this system where you have to have something that has this, this big rotating income. Um, and they see artists as starving. They see artists as complainers. They see artists as, you know, homeless 
Um, and it's, it's a terrible stereotype of, of what we do, especially in modern day. Um, but as a kid, it's like, oh, well, I guess that's not an option. Um, I've got to be a lawyer or a manager or work retail. So, um, but it definitely, it definitely made it. So I kind of peaked a little bit at like around middle school, got into sports, started worrying about that. And, you know, was I like every kid, I'm going to play a sport and I'm going to play in college and I'm going to be a pro. Um, but then my, you know, kind of rejuvenated my love for art after I got out of sports in high school. Um, because there was nothing else for me to do. What sports were you into? Uh, I played basketball. I played football. Um, I threw out um, my back and my knee in football, and so my senior year of high school, I really got into uh, to bowling, to 10-pin bowling. Um, and then I ended up kind of running with that for a while, as uh, dorky as that sounds, and uh, attempted to do that kind of regionally, professionally. So, um, but... Uh, but art kept calling back. You know, I was the, I was the kid that was like, "Hey, let me make our, uh, bo- our our team logo. Let me, uh, you know, let me work something up. Let's make some stickers or shirts." You know, I was always trying to find a schemey way to <laughs> to yeah. be the creative one wherever whatever I did. So, so that's all like the big big Lebowski sort of style bowling. Yeah, <laughs> pretty, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, with less firearms. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's great. It's a great film. Who inspires you now? What would you look at and Where'd you take inspiration from? Oh man, everywhere. Um, you know, I'm actually, I actually look back a little bit, especially, um, with where I'm at now and where kind of trajectory of my artwork has gone. Um, you know, I've got obvious influences. Uh, Aaron Draplin's a big one. I've got a poster of his back there. Um, you know, I think you live in Oregon, you're an artist, you kind of know Aaron. Um, he's a big one. Some recent transplants to the Portland area, Lincoln design co. They are, um, they're, they're killing it right now. Uh, they're a big inspiration. Um, but I look back on like vintage sportswear and uh, vintage athletics design, a lot of the old character mascot work um, that was pretty prevalent back in the day. I call it the uh, sweater strut mascot where the, um, you know, you've got a big headed character. Uh, and that's kind of even some of the older Disney and Warner Brothers stuff too has really kind of taken my career from being um, typographic and mark oriented over to adding more character, more um, old school feel into stuff. Um, and 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 the kind of the bummer part is now it's kind of a trend. Yeah. <laughs> so you know what I you know what I've been doing for a couple of years is now and I wouldn't say I'm the setting of the trend um, by no means, uh, but it's kind of weird to see how things. Mm. You know, you, you look back for inspiration and somehow everything goes back to that. But, you know, the standards, um, you know, Draplin, like I said, Lincoln Design Co. Um, I'm a big fan of people who do custom type work. You know, Bob Ewing's a big inspiration. I love what Scott Fuller does at Studio Temporary. Uh, you know, but I'm always looking. This to me, doing this, I, I keep telling people it's not about making money. It's about making art and meeting people. Um, and we live in a world where social media really connects everybody. Um, you know, I just met somebody a couple of days ago who I followed on YouTube and Instagram for a long time. And I said, first thing I said to him was, this is a weird world we live in, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, where you're, you're connecting over your phone. You don't know somebody like, Hey, you know, you want to, you want to meet up. Um, and so I, I, I really tried to follow people in this industry that inspire me, not so much with the work. Um, but you know, like Mike Jones, um, he's a good person. He always reaches out to people. He's always there to help people. Um, Christopher Stoney is another one I met. He worked for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, he's a been been a, a pretty good 
um, been a big guiding factor in my career. Um, so it's just, to me, it's about making connections. It's not so much, hey, that person made a logo and that's killer to me. It's more like, you know, hey, this person was willing to talk to me, you know, because there are a lot of jerks in this industry. Um, so those are, those are the people that inspire me. Long-winded answer. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. I mean, Mike, like going back on a few people you named, Mike Jones is yeah, an incredible bloke. I met him uh, up in Crater South last year. And he, you know, helped me out massively with the tickets and stuff. So he's just an amazing, amazing person. Um, yeah, there's, there's definitely people in this industry that I would, uh, I'd put on a different level, not just yeah. as an artist, but as a person. Um, yeah, absolutely. And there's, uh, Mike's definitely one of those, um, somebody who's just willing to, uh, to uh, kind of be a guiding light, whether it's just being positive or, you know, and having never met some of these people in person being, you know, so far, you know, away, um, it, it doesn't matter. I know that some of these uh, groups um, and people that I've, I've uh, been a part of, that it's, uh, it's something where you could meet up with somebody and just start a conversation like, you know, mm. like you were just having one the other day. So I think that's pretty awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. It's, I mean, like I said, it's about social media. You can, I'm messaging you a couple of weeks and then all of a sudden right. like, over the internet. It's crazy. Right. Are you, uh, are you heading up to Crazy South at all? You know, I've been wanting to go every year it comes around and I, I kind of kick myself. I'm like, crap, I forgot about that. Um, you know, I, uh, it's, it's kind of an interesting thing. I, you know, like a lot of people, you know, I've got a family, um, I've got a little girl. So it's the, uh, it's that part of design where it's like, okay, where can I put, you know, where, what can I, what can I venture towards? What kind of a, you know, thing can I expense, can I make this year? And I just haven't been able to make it, but it's, uh, it's definitely one every year I see people go into it. It's just, it's a crazy amount of envy. <laughs> seems like a super positive event. One that I'd, uh, one that I did enjoy. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. Incredible, incredible experience meeting so many people, like you say on yeah. online in real life and it's the positivity and, and just, I felt the where it, where it is, is so relaxing. It's like a, yeah. going from the UK, it's a bit different because it's, um, it's so surreal and everyone's just chilled out and eating amazing food and just having a good time. It's, yeah. Right. Right. And you know, going from the UK to the South and the yeah. humidity and I don't know, is it pretty humid where you're at? Uh, it isn't moment, but it's not, yeah. not, 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 uh, not Imagine, really. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's uh, it, yeah, I think they hold it in a pretty good place too. I mean, they, Georgia's a, a really pretty state and I know Savannah, it's got that classical vibe to it. So, um, easy to feel inspired in a place like that. Talking about uh, the differences between UK and US, like the logos are very different if you think about sports teams. I think we, we got sort of more of a you know, like classical sort of, I don't want to say classy look, but something similar to that. And then the American sort of sports teams have got, it's, like you say, big sort of... Um, Angry animals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, in, in Europe, I mean, and, and use, uh, I'll, I'll call it football to be respectful. Um, <laughs> it's very heraldic. It's very, it's very old school. It's very classic. You know, like you said, it's it's a lot of shields. It's a lot of monoline. It's a lot of uh, uh, actually heavy. I mean, there's a lot of heavy illustration stuff in it too because it's kind of the classic way. You know, coat of arms. And then over here in America, everything's got spikes and big, thick stroke shadow lines and um, very angry, very angry looking um, animals and characters and stuff. Um, and I'm in between, you know, I'm in between on the two of those. It's, uh, I'm not such a huge fan of the crazy intense, um, you know, animal sports, jagged, italic type. Um, but I have, I have made a living making some of that stuff. So, 
but I am a huge fan of, uh, of European crests and stuff like that in sports. Cause to me, it's just, it's so different, you know, it would be nice to see more of that in American sports. So there's definitely a big gap there. Um, that I don't think people understand until they watch like the world cup and you go, man, their uniforms are really, uh, really simple. You know, the kits they wear, it's just, you know, one or two colors and not a lot else. And then you look at, you know, American football teams and it's like, where can we put a swatch of color? Let's put one here. Let's put one here. Yeah. This year's world cup had some amazing kits. Um, I don't know. Do you watch football like soccer at all? Uh, you know, admittedly, generally only, you know, every four years. You know, I, I, I do live in Oregon. Uh, Portland is soccer city, USA. You know, we have the timbers and the thorns and, uh, that's probably going to make a lot of people angry. Um, so I, you know, you catch it, you generally catch it. You know, it's kind of one of those sports that I, I was not interested in in high school. I was playing, you know, American football and we kind of, you know, football players tend to have a big ego about what we do. Yeah. Um, but as I've gotten older, I, I appreciate it more because I'm a huge basketball fan and I look at soccer and basketball kind of on the same level. You know, it's constant. There's no stopping. So um, I've become a bigger fan of it at the older I've gotten. Uh, come wiser. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Columbus crew, their new logo mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. I mean, a few teams have adopted a bit thicker styles, but um, yeah, I think, I, think so- I mean, soccer, especially soccer's, I think there's a look, and I think there's a there's kind of a guideline. I mean, and you see when people um, try to change it up, and how angry people get in, with yeah. soccer. You know, it's, it's don't mess with it. Um, and you see that with all sports. And uh, you know, you can actually see basketball starting to kind of meld itself more into that soccer mold. Um, they all have to have a, a round of logo. Uh, they now a lot of them say basketball club. Um, so you get kind of, I think basketball shifting more to that direction because it's a worldwide sport. Yeah. Um, it'll take, it'll take American football a while. Um, but I do think there's some new leagues popping up that as more designers get involved with, um, like Brandon Moore just posted, um, a pretty sweet concept for, um, the XFL about branding cities like soccer would and, and paying attention less to a mascot and more to the city. And I think that's, I think that's the way to go. I think that's the future of professional sports. Mm. Yeah, sensible way to do, do it as well. It's something a bit childlike, sort of childlike about those mascot logos. I'm not sure if it's right. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it, what it is about American design that. Well, and so like for me, and, and and the thing I do with a lot of the character work is that's the point of what I do. It's it's adding that childlike innocence into something that tends to be like super aggressive and hyper masculine. Um, it kind of shrinks it back and and takes the brand into a different direction. Um, and I think that's where, I mean, that's where it started. That's where sports mascot logo started. And then as we got into the eighties and the nineties and the mid nineties, and then you know, the early two thousands where things became really hyper aggressive um, with sports is where things changed. Now you've got designers like Fraser Davidson, um, who's from England, who's an amazing sports designer, um, who's made some of the, the, the best college sports logos um, of the last decade. Um, and you can see his work kind of shifting away from that hyper aggressive, um, really kind of dorky looking sports mascot to more of a clean line, um, simplistic look, which I, like I said, I think more professional sports are going towards. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Absolutely. And, and I see it in my work as well. I'm trying to obviously inspire by sports a lot. I'm trying to do a few more illustrations and do a few more, sort of uh, cartoon characterish things 
and um, and we talked a bit before about getting what was it Zunder Envy. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's a real thing, man. <laughs> that's a big thing too. But even even like looking at your work, you've got the was it? I'm looking at it here the pearl pearl the, the woman that you illustrated. I thought, oh, right. like it's absolutely perfect. The hairs, the grey, and and the yeah. I just because I've been trying to do stuff like that for a long time, and I'm finally sort of seeing my, my sort of style. I get, get an actual style now. Um, yeah, it's exciting to see it. But when you look at your, people like yourself and other people that have just done it so perfectly, and you're like, ah, oh, it sort of push you down a little bit. Not that it should, because it shouldn't. But how do you get over that? Dude, I'm not over it. <laughs> I deal with it every day, man. And, you know, you bring up that Pearl logo. And uh, sorry, I'll, you know, I don't know what to do with my hands. So all the people on YouTube. <laughs> when I started really designing about 10 years ago, I looked at stuff and went, how? Yeah. You know, how, how is that even possible? How do they make that happen? Um, and it was like, I want to find my style right now. And... Um, it just doesn't happen. It just, uh, you know, I look at my style and, and I say, and I know, and I, and I look at, and I, I say, this is obviously derivative of these people because these are people I look up to. Um, and then there are ways that I do it that would be more my particular style. Um, but like with the Pearl logo, um, the brief was we wanted, we want somebody, we want like this Southern aunt that everybody knows, but she would also kind of go clubbing with you. And like right away, I knew what she looked like. It was kind of this Paula Dean character, you know? Um, and so I just kind of take inspiration and, and, and go from there. And uh, the, sometimes I look at the end of a project and I go, how the hell did we get here? You know, how did we get to, what this ended up being from where it started. And I don't, a lot of times I don't take into appreciation the middle part of the project because you're trying to go, you know, you're, you're trying to wrap something up. Um, but there is a lot of envy and especially with like projects and stuff. I, I myself look at, uh, you know, a designer or an agency or studio will post something. I'm like, crap, you know, uh, I got to step up my game or, I'm not getting any clients or, you know, you go through this list of like depressionary thoughts <laughs> or like, you know, you're starting to tick them off and then you kind of hit this little low and then you get back into the work and you start putting work out there. And like you said, you know, um, somebody sees it somewhere and is inspired by it. And the next thing you know, um, you know, you're doing a podcast or you're, um, you know, you're going to a conference and people are like, Hey, you're the guy that did that. And you're like, I, you know, I am. You know, that's kind of how it happens. And it's, it's a weird, it's a weird industry to be in because you might go talk to the average Joe and be like, Oh man, I know the guy that made the logo for that. And they're like, I don't care. <laughs> but then you talk to a designer and they're like, Oh man, really? You know, I'm like, what's this process? What's the background? And, um, but it's, uh, there's a, when it comes to design envy and, and being, um, I wouldn't call it jealous and even en envy is kind of a weird term for it. It's more like, your own self-worth as an artist, it takes a while to find that because, you know, if the clients aren't rolling in, it's like, okay, am I doing good work? Um, if you don't have the contacts or the connections, am I not a nice person? Do people not want to talk to me? Um, you know, so it's a, it's a real thing. And I, you know, I wish people talked about it more was, you know, and, and not putting, you know, there's that side of it. And then there's a side of it of not holding yourself to a standard of, 
Now let's use, for example, like my favorite studio out there right now, and, and a lot of people is, is Lincoln Design, and I can't hold myself to that. That's a, you know, the, they've got four guys working for them who are world-class illustrators and designers. Um, but I can say, hey, that's the kind of work I want to be putting out, or that's the level of, of, of notoriety or expertise, might, might I say, that I want to be at. So it gives you a mountain to climb. But too many people, instead of saying, I want to climb that mountain, they say, um, I want to be there right now, and I can't be, and I'm, and I, and I'm mad about it. Yeah. So... Absolutely, and that's that's where it becomes a problem as well because then they start copying the designer, and they exactly when young as well. Like you don't know any better, and then you're just trying to be someone that you love, and um, it just all clicks into place, and, and you sort of yeah, you end up copying them and being like a lookalike, and and then right. And you know, I just had a had a kind of a back and forth on Twitter with somebody about that was somebody was saying something about copying, and I said uh, everybody copies. But there's a there's a there's a, a, a point of copying, there's a point of stealing or ripping off. Now, I myself, when I was learning how to do this, I would take something that I loved, like let's say a logo that maybe Aaron Draplin had designed, and I would rebuild it because I wanted to learn how to do it. Because I didn't go to art school. I'm I'm completely self-taught. So it's it's one of those things where it's like if I saw something on, on, you know, let, let's say Photoshop is my, is kind of my, you know, midland skill. So I'm going to take a look at what something somebody had done, like a poster, and I'm going to try to rebuild it. Right. Generally that's copy, but I'm not going to sell it. I'm not going to post it. I'm not going to do anything with it. I'm just learning. Now there's that. That's okay. In my mind, that's fine because you're learning. That's what they teach you in school. Let's deconstruct and, and rebuild. There's the people who, take a logo, they, you know, let's say a, a typographic logo and they make, you know, they put the swash on it here and they might do something here and they're like, Hey, look what I did. Well, that's, every, you should know better <laughs> no matter what level of, you know, you don't copy people's homework. You don't, uh, you know, you don't steal answers. You don't. So stealing art is, it's just low of the low, man. It's that I have no patience for that. <laughs> Well, was it, is it, has it ever happened to you and, and how did you get over it? Um, you know, I say I have no patience for it, but I've always been the kind of guy where I've always said, you know, like, uh, to, you know, bring up Fraser again, his stuff gets ripped off all the time, you know, and I always make the comment to him and other people, you know, at least your art's good enough to be ripped off. It's kind of a weird spot to be in, you know, it's like, you know, bad press is good press because people are talking about you. Um, you know, if you're doing art so good, people want to steal it and claim it, then that, that's a pretty good spot to be in. Um, I haven't had anything ripped off that I know of. Now, I'm also not out on the internet looking for, you know, on like uh, on these t-shirt websites and stuff, looking for my work. Um, but uh, when it does happen, it'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking up, uh, Googling myself, which I do three times a day. Um, I, it hasn't happened, and when it does happen, it'll be a weird reaction. I'll be excited about it, and then I'll be really angry. So, uh, but I don't think I have. I don't think I do the kind of work a lot of people want to rip off. You know. So, so how do you take little bits from other designers and, and use them in your own way? Because, like I said, it's this fine line of balancing, isn't it? It is. It's uh, okay. So, you know, you have you have Aaron, who's you know who's become known for thick and bold lines, and and. And, uh, you know, kind of the 70s uh, and industrial vibe. And you have other designers uh, 
who who make a name for themselves doing something. Mm-hmm. So it's finding that kind of where you fit into doing that. Um, but you always take something from somebody, and um, and I think you end up following or or liking or whatever people who kind of have the same general thought process as you. Um, like Joshua uh, Minich, uh, he does a lot of the uh, vintage uh, ephemera stuff and vintage and old labels. And it's like, to me, that's, that's eye candy. It's not necessarily my line of work, um, but I generally have a, a, a more appreciation for artists who don't do the stuff I do. Because right. to me, it's kind of like, okay, how'd they do that? Um, but you take you take little bits from each one of those. Okay, that's how he laid out that type. Okay, I could probably add that setup or that basic style or thought process to this project that I'm doing. Um, but it's uh, it's about you know, I wouldn't say there's one particular, um, but it's uh, I do take quite a bit from other artists, and just in the sense of okay, they laid it out this way, that's possible. I try to stay away from trends. You know, like there was a while there where everything was put up in an X. They call it like a hipster logo. You know, and then there was letters and different symbols. Um, I, I won't lie. You know, I probably made a couple of those because it was like, hey, that's pretty rad. Um, but I like the stuff that's pre-trend. You know, it's like, okay, how, I'm going to take a little bit from that. Um, because some of these people are a lot smarter than me, and some of these people know what works. So knowing what works is half the battle. I think it's a big trend at the moment. We're using a lot of gradients. Obviously, Instagram being the main starter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well... You know, and let me let me say this because this is kind of one thing, kind of a, a rant I have about design that uh, it's kind of hard to to bring up because on social media because you kind of just sound like a curmudgeon, you know, like that dude's cranky about something. Is who cares? Like, I'm a sucker for drop shadows on everything. I mean, you can see on my shirt. Like, I I grew up with, with '90s sports where everything had a big blocky drop shadow. I saw this one guy was like, "Hey, don't do, don't put drop shadows. Don't put don't put red letters with black drop shadows." And I'm like. I'll do it if I want, <laughs> you know, you know, and like gradients, we don't think as artists, we don't think they look good or like you should know better in a way. It's like, okay, come on, yeah. you know, don't, don't do this or don't do that. But art is art, you know, and, and the, the blurred line of art and, and design design being like a creative solution, art being like an expression mm-hmm. um, to me, they're, you know, they're one in the same. Uh, so people talk about, you know, like, let's not do this or do that. And I'm like, you know, that's how people like Aaron come about. Aaron's like, hey, I like this style and I want to do it. And people are like, hey, don't use Dynamo Bold or, or Cable Black. And he's like, or Futura Bold as your main typeface. And he's like, you know, for better, you know, term, screw you. Like, that's what I want to do. And guess what? Now it's the thing. Now it's the thing to do as simple as you, as you can. And before it was like, that's stupid and ugly. Um, so I'm the kind of person where it's like, I don't like trends in the sense that I don't want to be, um, affixed to not being able to kind of, uh, mold myself and change what I'm doing. Right. Um, but I also am the kind of person that's like, if I like what I'm doing and other people don't at some point they will. So yeah. cool. Nice. And, um, with, with like progressing your own style and, and stuff, you obviously seen your process grow as well. How how has how has it grown since you know start, starting out finding design to now? Um, so I use an example, and it's kind of a dorky story, um, but my wife makes fun of me all about it all the time. So when I was first starting out, I was actually trying to do illustration in Photoshop because it's all I had. Yeah, and I actually started out as a kid. Right, I actually started out as a kid doing stuff in Microsoft Paint. Yeah, and so 
to give an example from go when I started and when I first started in illustrator, it was super easy. It was like, Oh, I can click and click and make line. I don't have to literally hold the mouse and make a perfect line. It was, it was like illustrator was super, super simple for me. Um, but I started out making things in, in Photoshop and I remember I spent like three hours trying to make a perfect star in Photoshop. Like I'd go back and rate it. I'm like, no, okay, no, no, do it again. And, and she used to make fun of me. Well, then, you know, Illustrator's got a star tool. So now she's like, hey, how long is it taking you to make that star? It's like, it's 10 years ago. It's not, it's not taking that long, and they now have a tool for it. So um, that's kind of a microcosm of my process, is it started out where a, a project may have taken me days yeah. when I first started, and now it might take me um, not so long. You know, I'd hate to have people know how long the process takes, because we do charge hourly. <laughs> um, but... It's, uh, it's kind of one of those things where it's the end product is generally the same. Now, you know, there may be less anchor points. There may be less, less curve, weird curves here and there. Um, but it's, uh, you know, everybody learns. Everybody, and, and as you develop, I think it's, it's because of project timing. I think when you, when you start taking on clients, you develop a need for, a need for speed um, that, uh, that really refines how you work. And really refines. Okay, I need to I need to start using basic shapes. I need to start sketching beforehand. Or um, and young designers don't know that because they're coming out of school and they're you know they haven't had any clients or they haven't worked in a real world situation. Um, so they're like, hey, I want to develop this style. It's like it comes it comes along with your process. Right. How how would you what would you what advice would you give to the kids that wanting to see that? Uh, so from personal experience. So I started my first real desk design job was where it was working at a sign shop. Um, and I still do it a little bit um, here and there working um, with a buddy at the shop. Um, so I had real world application to my design work. Um, I wasn't just designing art and saying, Hey, look, this is this. It was my style was being defined by what people were asking for and what production work um, demanded. So, whether it's screen printing and you're working for a screen printer or you're doing a lot of stuff where you're setting up screens or you've got your hands on screens, um, working for sign shops or a wrap place, it doesn't matter. Just some kind of real world experience where you get to learn that you don't get to put a hundred colors on something and call it good. You know, you don't get to put 55 layers in a, in a vector just because, you know, you have to really learn that your work at some point is going to make work for somebody else. Um, and a lot of us, we, you know, a lot of designers, most designers, um, get into this doing print design. So, you know, less, less need to simplify your work, you know, get into a real world situation. Don't just, you know, I would say find a job where somebody's, it's a production facility or something. That's, that's been huge on me. It's been huge on my work, the way I work, uh, the way I work with people, the way I relate to people. Um, and then, you know, besides a real world application, learn how to talk to people. Uh, I grew up with a dad who was a politician. Um, he, you know, he worked in human resources, uh, still does. So I, I got to, I mean, I remember I was four or five and I was shaking hands with people. You know, I was nine and 10 and riding in the cars with senators and congressmen. I know not a lot of people have that opportunity, but it always amazes me when teenagers don't know how to pick up a phone. You know, hi, my name is, you know, uh, so-and-so and how are you doing? It's, uh, 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 you know, talk to people. That's, that's what we do. That's what this industry is about. It's about people. It's about helping people. And I always, I, I always say, 
I'm looking for people to collaborate with and it's kind of cheesy, you know, but I don't, I don't have we're better term clients. I have, you know, collaborators. I have people that I like getting in touch with that I can text message and be like, Oh, I've got an idea, you know, or they can be like, Hey, I have an idea. Let's, can we chat? Can we make this happen? Yeah, let's do it. And you got to get to that point with people, but you got to also know how to talk to people. Um, you know, you got to present uh, conflict in a certain way. You got to present um, your ideas in a certain way. Uh, so get a, get a job. It doesn't have to be at a studio, but get a job where you're applying what you do to a real world sense and then learn how to talk to people. Definitely. And that's one other thing I've learned as well from my grand, my granddad, actually. He, uh, he'll be out in the shop or, or just out on the street anywhere and just say hello to people and start having a 10-minute conversation. It's crazy. Right. I think yeah. it might be a generational thing that now we've got phones and now I'm, my sort of generation is growing up with, with that and, and doing everything yeah. on the screen. Yeah. Which is a real shame. Uh, yeah. We need, we need both. We need both, really. So. Yeah, I think, I think uh, you know, people that are, well, you got from, you know, little kids all the way up to about 18, 17, 18 now, they forget that an iPhone's a phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And at one point, you know, when I was a little kid, we were still on the, the little rotary phone. You know, like, you know, the number would go back and um, we, you know, we joke where, you know, you'd be on the phone and you'd hear it click and breathing and your mom was on the other line, you know. <laughs> Kids don't even know the struggle. Or if you wanted the phone or the internet, you know, and your sister was on the phone, you go pull the jack out of the wall and kill the phone. It's, you know, we, we, ha we had to talk to people. You know, we had to memorize our phone number. Uh, kids, kids nowadays forget that the, that little computer in their hands, which is more powerful than I remember my family's first computer being, is a phone. You know, you can call the person that you're texting. You know, the whole joke, don't call text. Um, this, you know, the kids nowadays should do the opposite. It should be like, Hey, let me give you a, let me give you a ring just as a, just as a practice run. Yeah. Uh, but it, 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 I think it, it, it's, it's helped our industry to, to be able to do this, you know, to be able to connect on social media. Um, but if you can't get in front of somebody like we are now, or you can't get in front of somebody at creative South or a conference, um, or a job interview yeah. and connect and know how to talk, um, then, then you, you're not, you're not cut out for it, in my opinion. You know, you and I could meet up at a conference now, and you know, we'd know each other. Yeah. Um, but if, if you were not able to, or or you didn't know how to be personable, it would be hard. Now, of course, I'm the kind of guy where I make people feel uncomfortable. Like I'm totally going to make you know, I'm going to come up to you and and talk to you and uh, probably give you a hug or you know, a, you know, shake your hand. And and I don't like people feeling uncomfortable, so I kind of in that obnoxious, uh, you know, let's you know guy that kind of uh calm the seas a little bit but you got to learn that you got to find that you got to find your voice not just with your art but also how it applies to talking to people yeah great advice uh can we talk about one of your projects yeah sure go for it it's the uh the deli fresh froze one <laughs> which one <laughs> uh, I, I just i don't know because i was just sitting on instagram and, and it's just been all over the place obviously on the mayo jar and other bits but i just want to talk about that the whole thing you're doing for them and it's just sure amazing so, so deli fresh shreds is, a, is an interesting one um uh, anthony um otherwise known as is biggie got a hold of me like a year ago god i'm not even sure if i was following him on instagram or he was following me but either way he uh he got a hold of me and, and was had an idea and wanted to collaborate uh and had an idea for um, because I'm from the Northwest, he was like, "Hey, I was up in Portland. I want to do a parody shirt that has to do with Bigfoot." Um, and I'm like, "All right, well, let me learn about your brand a little bit more." And you know, he does um, 
his whole thing is a sandwich, you know, sandwiches and things that have to do with sandwiches and, and kind of relaying the sandwiches as the, the king of meals. And so I was like, okay, I can play with that. You know, that's kind of a cool concept. And so we started with that Bigfoot parody sandwich shop and um, it's kind of, um, our collaboration is kind of just built from there. Um, I kind of liken it to like Clark Orr and Johnny Cupcakes, you know, um, his trying to define his style. Now he does work with other people like, uh, like uh, Noble Folk Design and, um, and a couple others. Um, but the, what I've been trying to do for him and what I've done for him is kind of define a style. And it's been super fun working with a brand that's like, hey, you don't get to drive the bus, but I want you to co-pilot a little bit. It's been fun. It's been really rewarding. And the stuff we put out, you know, like the mayo packets and the, you know, uh, practice safe sandwich making, use condiments kind of stuff. It's freeing kind of as an artist, you know, to be able to play in that realm of, uh, of parody and tongue in cheek because we don't, we don't always get to do that. So that's a, that's a fun client and our collaborator. And, uh, and, and I've gotten to know him on a personal level. And to me, that's like, that's, that's the ticket, you know, doing good work for somebody and being proud of it um, is one thing, but getting to know the people on a personal level, that's the rewarding thing. Yeah. I mean, if I, first I want to say quickly that the American sandwich or, or when I was in Croatia South at Croatia South, it's completely different to the UK sandwich. No, really? So much better. So much better. You say that now, and I'm sure Anthony's going to watch this and he's going to want to do it. He's going to call me and be like, we need to do something for, for England. We need to do a UK, <laughs> we need to do a UK sandwich design. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's kind of just how it happens, man. But, uh, yeah, the sandwich is uh, the sandwich is the is, is the shiz, man. It's uh, you know nothing beats a good PB and J. So the last three questions I ask everyone. Uh, first of all, what's, you you sort of already said it, but your best advice for creatives: get out there, talk to people, yeah, make connections. Like uh, you know, get on Twitter, and if you like somebody's work, you know, God forbid you like mine and want to reach out to me, eh, do it. I'm more than you know. I me personally, I'm more than happy to jump on a phone call, more than happy to message somebody or email somebody. I think not enough people do that. Uh, it's rewarding for your career and as an established artist, it's rewarding in just the sense that you're helping somebody get started. So re I just I always tell people reach out. Don't be afraid. Amazing. And if somebody's a jerk, you didn't want to talk to them anyways. <laughs> What's your best purchase under hundred dollars? <sighs> That's painful, man. Oh God. Under a hundred bucks. You know, be honest with you. I buy a ton of field notes. Nice. <laughs> Yeah. So probably, probably field notes. Um, I think Draplin's book was under a hundred bucks. Um, Aaron, if you're watching, you still need to sign that for me. Uh, so, um, you know that, yeah, I would say probably field notes cause I, I fill up a ton of those things, man. Um, they're amazing. Yes. Yeah. And send me some, if you guys, yeah, yeah. Field. Yeah. If you guys are watching, <laughs> if you're watching, I'm running low. <laughs> and I need some more. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, how do you want to be remembered is my final question. Oh, God, I was just having a conversation with my wife about that the other night about, you know, how it's the industry we're in. It's hard to feel like you're making an impact. You know, and I think a, 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 a human desire, a basic human desire is to feel like you leave a lasting impression. Career-wise, um, I want to be known as somebody that was willing to talk to other people. Uh, Person-wise, I just want to, I want to be a good dad. You know, I've got a three and a half year old daughter. Um, she's the boss. She runs my life. If anybody follows me on Instagram, you know this. But uh, I just, you know, being a good dad, a good husband, a good family member, being a productive citizen. You know, it's kind of the cheesy stuff, but it's 
as you get older and older, you start to realize that that's true, playing a part or playing a role in helping others or being good to others. And it's, what's the point? Being self-centered is, is, is unnecessary. And like I said, and career-wise, just it's kind of the same thing. Being a, being a good citizen within our industry, um, being a steward of our industry. If you, you know, uh, on Twitter all the time, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm shouting people out because, um, you know, whether they need it or not, to me, it's like, you know, if one person finds your artwork, then I did my job because I appreciate it and I want somebody else to have the emotional impact of it that I did. So um, I'd like to be remembered as being a good citizen. Amazing. Yeah, really good. Where can people find you and say hello to you on the internet? So you can find me on Instagram at Kyle Van Cleave. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Kyle VC. Until the 1st of September, I'm getting off of that death hole. Um, <laughs> that is like the black hole of social media. Um, it's, God, it's terrible. Uh, but if you want to follow me for a little while, uh, it's at Kyle VC. The website is kylevancleave.com, uh, which is currently down right now because we're updating it, but it'll be up soon. And, um, you know, I, I've got portfolio. Yeah, there's a dive of dribble. Um, but, uh, you know, if you ever want to just reach out to me and DM me through, um, Instagram or whatever, go for it. I'm all, like I said, I'm always willing to talk. Um, I am known to throw out my phone number so people could text me. So, you know, that's where people can find me and how to get a hold of me. Fantastic. Um, why is Twitter so dead? I have a pretty snarky attitude, man. I, I don't know if you can tell from, uh, this little chat. Uh, I'm, I'm a big dork. Um, I don't take myself too seriously. I, I kind of rid people for taking themselves too seriously. Yeah. Um, but it's just, uh, it's, it's kind of become a, uh, it's kind of become a, a very sensitive place, you know, and, and, um, I'm actually have tried to wean myself off the social media, you know, as a whole, I, I think as artists, we rely a lot on, and it's great. It's great because it connects people, but you know, I, I know a lot of great artists who don't have any social media and you, you know, you find them. Um, so I think it's just kind of that natural progression of, of, of leaving Facebook, leaving Twitter. At some point, Instagram will become obsolete um, and un unnecessary or um, unbearable. Who knows? I might get bored and have to make a burner account on Twitter. And yeah, it's interesting. interesting it's, uh, you know, I think more or less of it from a personal standpoint, I just kind of get sick of all the junk on there. Um, yeah. The constant uh, stuff about whatever's going on in politics or um, it just, it just feels like a, like a dumping ground for people's problems and you know i get people say don't follow certain people or if that's a problem block or mute and i'm just like i, I can just turn it off yeah that's a fair point fair point that's it thank you very much for being on the podcast hey no thank you for having me and i uh i appreciate you letting me put my mug on the internet for people to see i don't i don't post a lot of pictures of myself on on social media and uh so now people get to hear what i sound like and know what i look like which is always a fun thing so, no I, I i appreciate it nice one Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. I really hope you enjoyed listening to this chat with Kyle. Go and say hello to him on the internet, Kyle Van Cleve. Thank you very much for watching, and I'll see you in the next episode.